Welcome to 5 Minutes of Courage with Maggie Arndt. This podcast focuses on God's Word, the Bible, and how much God loves you. Our goal is to show you throughout Scripture how loved and valued you are by the God of the universe. 5 Minutes is all you need to be filled with hope, joy, purpose, and yes, courage. Now here's your host, Maggie Arndt. Hey everybody, welcome back to 5 Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. When I left you last week on Thursday, Jesus had just been crucified, taken down off the cross, and was buried in the tomb belonging to Joseph of Arimathea, and he and Nicodemus, who were both very wealthy men, dressed the body in linen cloths, they anointed it with oil, and they laid it to rest just in time for the sun to go down on Shabbat, which would be the Sabbath. So when we're going to pick up the story today, Mary Magdalene is coming to this tomb very early in the morning, and I am in John chapter 20. I'm going to start with verse 1, and it says, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, there's no way that they would have just put a small stone or a not very heavy stone. This was a big giant boulder, and there's no way Mary Magdalene could have moved this boulder. There's just It's just not a possibility. And so when she went to the tomb, she sees that it has already been rolled away. And so what does she do? She runs back to Simon Peter and to John, the two that she happens to run into. They were the two that she saw. And she says to them, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Now, the the fact that she uses a plural pronoun means she means she wasn't the only one there. Okay, but Mary Magdalene is the only one mentioned by name. So what likely is happening is that Mary Magdalene and several other women, a lot of them happen to be named Mary, uh, probably were with her. And they were coming to finish the job that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were doing because they would have had to really hurry. And it's thought that Nicodemus had to leave behind some of the spices that he intended to use. But once the sun went down on Shabbat, he could no longer do work. And so she was going to just pick right back up where they had left off once the Sabbath was over. And so the plural is also found in the other gospel accounts, meaning it wasn't just her, but she's the only one by name. And so then it says, Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter, which is kind of adorable because John frequently refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loves. And this time he doesn't name himself by name again. He calls himself the other disciple, kind of alluding to the fact that he was maybe humble enough not to mention his own name. And yet he was competitive enough to tell us he outran Peter. And by tradition, we also know that Peter is older than John. So at this point, Peter is likely late 40s, early 50s, whereas John is in his mid 20s. So the fact that he outran Peter pretty believable. I I think a 20-year-old kid certainly outrun me, but they were running because they had just heard life-changing news. The tomb was empty and they couldn't be indifferent to this news. They had to see it for themselves. Okay, so we know that John got there first. And when he arrived, he looked in but he didn't go in. And what we know is because the tomb belonged to Joseph of Arimathea, it was considered a rich man's tomb. 
So it was big enough to walk inside with a place to lay out the body. So the entrance of the um, of the tomb was probably about three feet tall and about two and a half feet wide. And so even a full grown man, he might have to to wiggle and bow and turn a little bit. Some commitment needed to be made to get inside this tomb. But for some reason, not mentioned, John doesn't go in. So then here comes Peter. He's huffing and puffing up the hill. And what does he do? Well, typical to Peter, he, he you know, get out of my way. I want to go in. So he goes right on in and he sees the linen clothes lying there. And this is really, really important because the mixture of ointments and aloes and spices would have hardened the linen clothes. So if you think about, you know, those old shows, it makes me think of Scooby-Doo actually, where they show a mummy, the burial clothes, the burial wrappings would have gotten hard. They would have hardened from from the mixture of the spices. And so y- you would have to make some effort to get them off. You might need to tear them or cut them. And Peter saw no abnormal removal of the burial clothes, almost as if someone had just evaporated right out of them which is is why they take so much time in each of the gospels to talk about the position of the linen clothes that it, it, they had you could see the form of um of a body and yet the body wasn't there and so three things we that we can kind of take away from this is the linen clothes were there the body had not been removed with the linen clothes okay so the body's gone linen clothes are still there number 2 the linen clothes were orderly. They were not removed in a normal way, like someone had unwrapped them, right? And number three, the linen clothes were orderly, as in they had not been ripped off by grave robbers or vandals stealing a body. And and it is thought that the burial wrappings were actually just pretty well preserved and that the handkerchief for the head had been folded, very interesting. So after Peter goes in the tomb, because remember, he's just like, get out of my way. Here I go. John comes in and he immediately believed what he had heard Jesus say about the resurrection. Now, further on in the story, the very first Christians did not believe in the resurrection simply because the tomb was empty or because they remembered Jesus saying anything about it. They believed because Jesus returned and appeared in front of them and let them feel the nail holes in his hand, which we will get to in about two more days. But John immediately believed. And he may have been the first one who did. In chapter, or excuse me, verse eight, it says, then the disciple who reached the tomb first, John, went in and he saw and he believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. So John is the first one to believe that the resurrection happened. And the resurrection means Jesus is declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. See, the resurrection means we, any of us who believe in the resurrection, have the assurance of our own resurrection. We know that we too, when we die, will be resurrected. Resurrected, excuse me. 
The resurrection means God has a plan for these bodies of ours. There was an ancient heresy called Gnosticism. And in Gnosticism, they declared that the flesh was inherently evil. In fact, Plato um, spoke of only being able to get rid of sin by getting rid of his body. And yet Jesus retains his body and he declares that God feeds the body as well as the soul. And the body is a, as a sacred thing since the soul inhabits the body as a sanctuary. And so we know that the resur- resurrection means that Jesus has this ongoing, continuing ministry. It means that Christianity and its God are unique and completely different from all other world religions. And furthermore, it proves that even though it appears Jesus died on the cross like a common criminal, he actually died a sinless man out of love and self-sacrifice to bear the guilt of all of our sin. The death that Jesus paid on the cross was payment, but the resurrection is the receipt showing that that payment was perfect in the sight of God the Father. I hope that that just fills you with a lot of hope and a lot of courage today, no matter what you're staring down. Maybe it's the recent death of a loved one. Maybe it's a, a scary diagnosis of your own or of someone that you love. But hang on to that, friends. We are promised the the promise of resurrection and eternal life. When we return tomorrow, we're going to focus a little bit more on Mary Magdalene. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five and you can connect with me there.